Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Good morning, good evening, and good night to you lads. And Dom. You know, it is, it, it's a pleasure, no, it's an honor to be here with you today, Jared. <laughs> an Jared, honor, oh. Like thank you for being back on our show, and just, it's so amazing that you're here week in and week out we don't even ask you to be on the show but you're already here and you're asking pretty to be good. recorded and then yeah he's pretty really good at voices i think my favorite is the robot voice i think he nails that one pretty solid mm. he um, looks like he could be scottish too just need a little more orange but yeah photoshop his hair a little bit yeah. actually dom you guessed right you're, bl- you're right than, i did uh, uh i think i'm like more than 30 percent scottish it's the most amount of like one thing of blood I the most white you are yeah i would try a scottish accent but it'd be terrible uh anyways it's episode 134 gonna be talking about some news later on including some nintendo news the january mpds and some other news involving google and playstation um but on the top of the show let's talk about what we've been playing um once again jordan's gonna be mad i had no time for uh kingdom hearts um, For Christ's sakes, man! So the problem is, the last week when I had time, it was only like maybe like 25 to 30 minute blocks at a time, Jordan. And I just don't want to jump in and play that much. You know what I mean? With Kingdom Hearts, I want to like have enough time to like get through. I'm currently in the Tangled World. So I'll definitely get to this week for sure. Um, I just didn't have any time for it. And like I said, with the 25, 30 minute blocks, I got some more Apex uh, Legends games in here and there. I'm still enjoying my time with it. Um, I remember you had a uh, message of the group Dom talking about your experience with it. Um, did you play on PlayStation or Xbox or PC? PlayStation. So one of the lesser known things that I, I remember we talked about this, I think, back in the Fortnite times, the old days of yesterweek. Um, <laughs> but on Xbox, you have to have gold to play free-to-play games. Because I thought about, oh, I'll play with Jared. Like, we can fucking play together. Why not yeah. have an Xbox? But I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to buy gold for that. Maybe I I might end up doing it because that might be worth it. Just play with you. But um, yeah. So I played on PlayStation, though, instead. Where I do have Plus anyway, but you don't <coughs> need it, I guess, for free-to-play games. It's a weird thing. Like, you would expect it to be the opposite. But Yeah, it is weird. Um, and, yeah. Not a huge thing, but just a – okay, I don't know. So, uh, because it was so sparingly in terms of the time I got on, I didn't always play with, like, my friends that I play with. So I did play with randoms. And I I kid you not, maybe it's just my dumb luck, the same thing that I had with the Telltale games where I never experienced any of, like, the, the bugs and stuff that you guys experienced. I don't know what it is. Just dumb luck, I guess. But with Apex, I haven't had, knock on wood, one bad experience with random players. Like, pinging systems worked great. I've won a, a large majority of my matches um no issues i mean there will be the occasional person that goes off and does their own thing but it's never like toxic that's just like somebody who doesn't know what the hell they're doing right um but yeah i've still been enjoying my time with it i'm currently i think i only need three more achievements to get all of them um reach level 50 which is obviously just about playing the game um Remember last week, Jordan, we were talking about how some of them are more difficult, like getting a fully kitted weapon and fully kitted armor. I just, yeah. I got lucky and I actually went into one of the high risk areas where there's like a, the blue light where high tier items spawn. I was able to get the gun. I was able to get the armor as well. So I knocked out both of those. 
So the only achievements I have left is finishing getting 5,000 uh, 5, damage with each, with each legend. I only have two left to do with. And to get a win with each legend, with I'm only missing a win with the robot, Pathfinder. Um, but yeah, I'm still enjoying my time with it. They released a new gun, actually, yesterday, the day of recording this. Uh, is February 21st, so uh, February 20th, they released a new gun called Havoc, and it's another energy weapon, which the game needed because there was only a couple of guns that took that ammunition, so if you chose one of those guns, the chances of you getting more energy ammo throughout the map was lower in comparison to other guns just because there was only a couple of guns of that ammo type, or maybe one gun, I think it's the Devotion. Um, so they added this new assault rifle that takes energy ammo, and it's kind of like a like a beam gun. I forgot the name of the the halo gun that does it too, um, but it feels like that one. I can't rem off the top of my head. Um, beam rifle, plasma rifle, needler. The no, the one of the new weapons for the. Um, uh, one of the Promethean weapons. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Anyways, mm, yeah, those ones I'm not as as familiar with. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I can list off a lot of the classic. Right. Halo right. Ones. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the gun's okay. Not really my type, personally. I usually go with the carbine or the uh, the flatline, the more steady ARs. But I enjoy my time with that. Uh, in terms of movies, I watched Incredibles 2. Finally got to that. Really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Um, the, so people's reviews of it were like, oh, it's good, but like the only redeeming thing is like the raccoon scene and other than that, it just feels like more of Incredibles yeah, 1. Um, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was good. Um, I I understand where people are coming from saying it's just like oh it's the plot of the first movie except you switch the mom and the dad and in my opinion that's like the most logical way to do a sequel for The Incredibles um, because the kids are so young and they're still learning to be a family and um, all of that enjoyed it not you much know, else to say but I really enjoy Incredibles too I'm a huge Incredibles fan and I've also just been thinking recently about why does that have to be like why is that an issue that exactly it's the plot of the first movie swap <laughs> yeah, exactly. why does it matter if they execute well on it why the fuck does it matter there's actually why there's actually, um go ahead i was just gonna say there's more world building in the second uh movie too in terms of in the first movie we saw all of these heroes who died because they had capes and stuff right and that was like one of the jokes of the first movie in this one, you're introduced to all of the heroes that they hire, and you actually get their names, and, and it's a lot more interesting because there's heroes from different countries, too. Because a lot of people believe that possibly the superheroes, like the Incredibles, were made by the government initially, and there's like a whole theory about all that stuff. But then Incredibles 2 kind of cracks that with uh, Brick, who's obviously not American, um, and a couple of the other characters. But yeah, I, I agree with you. There, sh there shouldn't be an issue as to why it's... It's a kids movie. Um, obviously, it has a adult later. and stuff, but exactly. Uh, and I think it is a lot in terms of storytelling. It is a logical way to do a sequel, especially ten years later when there has been that gap, right? Um, I don't know. I just think I that thought it was great. I do want there to be logic in movies and entertainment in general, storytelling where um, you know you can't just get away with murder when it comes to logical inconsistencies, but. I really think we've gone way too far down the rabbit hole as far as critiquing every single little thing about well if this doesn't add up then but if he was wearing his blue boxers that day how could he be wearing his black boxers by the end of the night it's like well he could have changed a million things could have happened like <laughs> yeah. this character I don't know why I chose 
boxer colors as the example, but it's yeah, just like... Yeah, he could have pissed himself and had to change, right? Like, exactly. There's just so many things, like, you know, use t-shirt instead of boxers or whatever, but, like, there's just random shit. You know, people talk about uh, how quick certain characters have been moving around in Game of Thrones recently, and I'm like... There was never a time in Game of Thrones where they were showing you the calendar. You know, there was never a time where they were like, and then this day, this happened, and then six hours later, this happened. You don't know, you know, people just expect too many answers out of things, and and uh, they don't have to explain why this is just kind of a uh, plot swap movie, because there's so much other, uh, uh, like, really creative stuff that they do that um, was not around in the first movie, but people get to focus get to focusing on um, too much of this like dumb nitty gritty stuff and they're missing out on a really great movie or a really great game or whatever it is at the time and that just gets old to me so um, love Incredibles <laughs> real quick uh, shout out to the scariest scene I've ever seen in a Pixar movie when Elastigirl sticks her arm under the door to get into the screen slaver's room and he's like they're staring at the door I don't know if you guys noticed that like when she's breaking, I, don't think I did notice that part. Yeah, when she's breaking into his room and she sticks her arm under the door to unlock the door, he's standing in the corner in the dark, just staring at the door. <laughs> Very creepy. So just very real quick, since you're talking about that scene, there's Dom. Have you seen the movie? No, actually. So like right after that part, there's these flashing lights on screen, and um, I was like, "Holy shit! This has got to be Epileptic. like an epilep- yeah. ep- epilepsy <laughs> warning somewhere." And of course, I knew it as soon as I went to see it opening night. Then you know, news reports started coming out. I read on IG, and like the next day or something, that theaters were having to put up warnings because it's like a minute of just black and white flashing. It's light. really cool. Like, yeah, I was like, it's cool, but I thought we were gonna have that like banned Pokemon episode all over again, where they're sending Japanese kids uh, to the hospital. It's on Netflix, Dom. So if you ever want to check it out, uh, yeah, recently added to Netflix. It's really good. I need to um, watch it because I love the first one. So, yeah, I want to watch it, that. The cool thing, too, is it does one of the things that I love with sequels is it picks up literally the moment after the first one ends with the Mole yeah, Man. Yeah. It pays off on that. People have been wanting to see that. Um, so, yeah, I watched Incredibles 2. Um, the watched Underminer. The Underminer. Uh, I've almost done with the first season of Sex Education. That show's really good. Uh, I know I started off not liking it the first episode. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but I kept with it and. It's a very solid show. It's really funny. Rubbed you the wrong way, huh? Uh, that's even a funnier considering if you know about the stuff that happens with the characters and their issues and stuff. Oh, God. Oh, um, God. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, started Punisher Season 2. Really liked the first episode. Want to get through that. Um, obviously. Dude, I'm thing. just so discouraged. After the cancellations, I'm like, this universe that I've invested in, even, you know, I thought I was investing in the main MCU, but clearly I was investing in this, like, side pocket universe, unfortunately. It hurts even but more when still... you hear that Netflix was the one that decided to <coughs> end it, too, which is like, ah. Yeah, and they just, like, totally hit the brakes and stopped this entire train that I've been on, and, like, I thought there was going to be a lot better payoff with the connectivity in this, uh, and all this stuff. So I decided, you know what, fuck it, I am not watching Luke Cage Season 2 or Iron Fist Season 2. And definitely not Jessica Jones season two either because I didn't like that um, all that much. And uh, I'll get to Punisher, but I'm you know probably gonna be watching it in the background or whatever because it's just like 
it just sucks that they pulled the rug out from under us. And Daredevil season three, ugh, I'm I'm kind of heartbroken uh, over Marvel Netflix. Sorry. Uh, no problem. In terms of comics, I caught up on almost everything. Uh, I I read the first three issues of Die, Jordan, which nice. is just as good as I thought it was going to be. Uh, nice. Dom, have you heard about this comic at all? You guys talked about it last week, but I didn't really follow. So, well, Jordan kind of tiptoed around it because I hadn't read it yet, so he didn't want to spoil anything. Yeah. But essentially, it revolves around uh, these kids who go to the, their friend's house to play a game of D&D. And they it's like D&D Jumanji. Yeah, D&D Jumanji. Mm. But you don't see... So they disappear, and then it cuts to to uh, two years later and they pop up randomly in the middle of the road and uh, back in the real world yeah back in the real world one of them is missing an arm and one of their friends is missing and then it cuts from that point to 20 years later no yep. longer than that yep yeah 20 years well, then it cuts it's like 20 years or so yeah then it cuts to 20 years later and they end up going back to the D&D world and that's where you actually figure out you learn about the world that they went to so you actually never learn about when they... Well, you do kind of, but you never know what exactly happened when they first went there. Yeah, uh, they're slowly, like, peeling back. Because a lot of them going back into the world is them having to deal with what happened, the repercussions of what happened the first time. Think of it instead of, like, a scary clown, it's a, it's a Jumanji, and it's the it, the it movies, but you don't get to see what happened in the first It movie. Get it? Hmm. Like, so the second movie, obviously, they're adults and they're dealing with the trauma of what happened when they're kids. Kind of the same thing, yeah. except Jumanji yeah. D&D World. Really huh. interesting. The The premise alone got me hooked. I was like, what is this? And I started reading it. Um, there's some, like, shout-outs, like, J.R.R. Tolkien in it, too, in, like, the third issue. Um, yeah, there's tons of stuff. It's, it's really interesting, Dom. I know you're not a comic guy, but this is, like... It's really interesting, especially for it not being like DC or Marvel. It's its own independent thing. It's really cool. Because, like, normally you would expect to hear about, like, oh, they get sent to another world and you're immediately brought in there, right? And you get to find out what they're going through. But it immediately cuts. You don't know what exactly happened. They pop back into the real world. They're messed up. And then you don't even get much time with them there. It cuts to 20 years later when they're all, like, in their 40s. And then they have to go back to the D&D world. It's really crazy, and they all they all have their own abilities and characters. Um, really cool. Um, probably one of the most surprising comics I've read uh, in a while. Kieran Gitlin's on fire, so writing a lot of great shit. Yeah. Um, the other comic I've I've been reading that I'm enjoying is obviously The Punisher, which I've talked about numerous times. Um, nice. So good. I love Frank Castle. Uh, the writing in it's really cool. The the premise of him being in jail. Uh, and trying to figure out what's going on while there's a, a doppelganger of him on the outside. Really interesting stuff. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it for me in terms of all the entertainment. What about you guys? Uh, yeah, I, I tried playing some Apex, like you said. Um, I think I did like four or five matches. I don't know. You got, the ping system, it's cool and all, but like, I, it's still tough to play to people without talking, especially you when you're brand so? new. I would, ha I would have I mean, to argue that. I think it's well, super easy. I don't know. I would just prefer to talk to people. I don't know. I, it's, I mean, it's easier than any other game, any other multiplayer game ever. Um, but I still think you're better off. Like, I mean, you're going to, especially being new, 
and you're not you know communicating live and there's like other squads in your game that are and are just better at the game are also like you're gonna get shit on which is what happened to me quick Um, question so in terms of pinging obviously you ping locations and items and stuff do you know about like actually going into your inventory and pinging no because i don't even know yeah i don't think i even went in my inventory once i I never got far enough yeah so you're missing like a key part of battle rails i know you're you don't play them that often so i'm not surprised or anything um but obviously when people talk about a ping system you assume it's like oh you can ping locations you want to run to or enemies in a certain location or items that they can pick up right uh and it does a good job of like saying the specific item you ping or the specific location um you can double tap the pin- the right bumper, or I guess it'd be R1 for PlayStation, and instead of doing like a location marker, you can do an enemy marker. So if you don't want to mark a specific enemy, you can just mark like where they're near. Um, and then when you go in your inventory, if you pin- if you move your cursor over a specific ammo or any item, it'll tell your team that you need that specific item. So you can hover over mm. your your light rounds and say, "I need light rounds." You. Uh, you heal by pushing up on the D-pad, tapping it. Um, so if you hold it down, you can cycle through your shields and your your first aids. If you hover over and press RB, you can tell your teammates specifically what item you need. Like, oh, I have shields, but I don't have any med kits. I need med kits. So it's actually very... Uh, you can be very precise in terms of how you're communicating. I agree so with you. Like, Obviously, talking with people will make the game a lot easier, and it will make the game a lot more strategic, and you can be a lot more specific. But I do mm-hmm. think I've won game. I've won plenty of games, not talking to anybody and just pinging. But that, then again, I've have played a lot more BRs than you have. So I, I get true. Yeah, I like. I mean, I never even got very far. I didn't even get a kill, right? Okay. Um, yeah. I, I'm just when there's a single mode. Uh, what do you call it? A solo mode. I'll definitely get back into that. Um, yeah. Because like what I did after a couple games, I'm like, okay, I really this would be easier if I can just get in a group and talk to some people. And every game, I didn't hear a single voice. Right, and I was like, can, "Like, why is no one talking? Like, can we just anyone have mics in the world? Like, come on, guys! Like, there's got to be right." Um, so I tried to go through like and find communities or whatever, and like people uh, through like the there's all these different Apex communities on PlayStation or whatever. Like, right in the I've never messed with it before, so I probably sound really dumb. But if, on the console, you can go into the communities for different games and like you know kind of meet with people. And every community name is like you know level forty plus serious, you know. It's things like that no noobs or whatever like level 50 plus or you know different things like that right so it's like okay and it's like three out of three in each group three out of three three out of three i'm like well no duh like i'm getting my fucking ass kicked like i already don't know what i'm doing and like everyone else is like squatted up and just knows you know and that's not every that's probably the small amount of people compared to the whole population of the game but it, i finally found like a group like two out of three and they had no precursor prerequisites to join their <laughs> Their clan or whatever so i jump in and none, neither of them have mics and i'm like well fuck me and so, and so i just turned on kingdom hearts but i'll definitely come back to to that game yeah i'll definitely come back to apex when there's a solo mode um because uh yeah, although like it's solid like it's solid super polished game like i told you guys like i could definitely like see the appeal for it um i just I just got to play by myself on my own team, I think. <laughs> ah, play by myself. <laughs> yeah. But I did play a bunch of Kingdom Hearts, so I'm up through, like, uh, I'm almost done with the monstrosity world. Uh, um, talked about oh, it a lot already. Me. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, I've been playing a lot. The reason I've been playing a lot, which I wanted to point this out, is this game plays flawlessly 
via remote play on the Vita. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. The Vita lives despite what Jared may bring up later. But yeah. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. It's a great nice. game. Having fun. Mm-hmm. Jordan, anything? What did you play? Did you finish Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> so you're, you're ashamed of me for not playing Kingdom Hearts and you didn't finish it, Mr. I'm trying to avoid spoilers. Crank it up. Oh, really? Uh, oh, that's fucking dumb. And also from what I've heard, the, the, the hardest difficulty isn't even that much harder from what I've read. Proud. You run through each world fast, like yeah, yeah. Oh, in terms of like a classic Disney World, yeah. Wants we'll to get the dollars. question i I get get it though so like because what they risk though is like it's been several games now and like not only would you be revisiting the same worlds but i mean you'd be revisiting a lot of the same story threads that we've already been through a couple times i think he's talking about other classic movies that they haven't used too maybe yeah 
It's endless, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. we have. Oh, I have a question. That's in like three games, dude. I have a question, real quick. I haven't played all of them. I haven't played all of them, so obviously I don't know like all of the spinoff worlds. Have they gone to Pocahontas or Mulan? Mulan, yes. Mulan, yes. They went to it's Mulan and two, uh, two, and uh, I guess I don't remember Pocahontas, that. Pocahontas. I don't think they've done anything Pocahontas. Now they've, uh, there might be a, like a Pocahontas link or something. She's not. I wouldn't say she's like totally absent from the series, but yeah, to my knowledge, which I can't imagine that I, you know, couldn't remember a Pocahontas world. There isn't one. So, um, yeah, there's 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 stuff that's missing there. I feel like, and and I don't like the bigger world theory kind of thing. <laughs> remember uh, when people thought we might get Marvel or Star Wars, and we got. <laughs> I know, and that's another thing, and I can't stop thinking about it, Jared. I honest to God cannot stop thinking about the fact that there is no Marvel and no Star Wars in this game, and you know, the game wasn't even announced until a year after Disney bought Star Wars. You know, so it's like. Gotta save something for they the next game. I know, but they they could have got that shit, man. They totally could have done it as long as they took on this game. Um, and you know, it does feel antiquated for it being a newer and you know relatively oh, yeah. newly developed game. Um, the gummy ship, I couldn't believe when I found out the gummy ship was coming back. And it's one of those <laughs> things like it's one of those things like PS5 backwards compatibility. Like when they say when we find out that PS5 isn't backwards compatible, I'm still going to be pissed off, even though I shouldn't be surprised, right? Like I'm still pissed off about the gummy ship, even though I shouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. And there's just a bunch of stuff that that really builds up over time, and especially like I said, when it's just this baby fucking game the whole way through it's obnoxious and it makes it not fun because the flashiness only goes so far the flashiness is great looking crispy on that 4k screen for the first few hours and love the animations but after a while man it's just like that's not going to carry me through this game i need actual substance and it sucks that it's not really there and then as far as story goes no spoilers it's just that there's plenty of, you know, people have talked about how crazy it is that the story has really gone so far away from Disney and Final Fantasy and just, like, there is a Kingdom Hearts story that, you know, is on its own. Um, but even still, it feels like even a lot of this game is still, like, building up and building up. And it's like, you should be done building up, man. We should be done building up. And they're still building up in the middle of this fucking game. Yeah. yeah, we're in the third act of this arc. Like it should, you know, it should be yeah. building towards. Yeah, there's there's still like gathering the the second organization thirteen members and like, it's just ah uh, the the Kingdom Hearts two point nine thing at the beginning. I think we've all been through that. It's cute for a second, and then you realize that like, there's just so much baggage with this game. I realized that um, it was going to be hard, but. Uh, for them to really satisfy me, but I think that they could have done a lot better in kind of the um, not longevity, but kind of like the sturdiness of the game. The like 
staying power of it and and how it's going to be looked at you know it's a it's a good like initial dose like almost like a drug when you first initially take that that first bite it's nice but then after a while you're like eh it's really I wish they had had done better and man if the gameplay was there it'd be, we'd it'd be a different conversation we're having now but it is it is a shell it is empty and hollow in a lot of ways and that's very disappointing <laughs> It's kind of like uh, the one thing I, I realized, like, going through the abilities every so often to assign new ones, and I, and I go through, like, oh, yeah, there's a block button. Never blocked. Yeah. yeah. No need uh, to. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't even get me started on flow motion, dude, because... You barely even need to roll. The sad thing... 3D had some stuff that it introduced. You know, they're also, like, every game in the series has kind of had something to call its own mechanics-wise, and so they've tried to pull from like every single fucking game and the goddamn flow motion shit is just so stupid and obnoxious and just superfluous and dumb so yeah it's got some stuff like that in there too on a brighter note is there anything else you experienced this week that you're on a positive note with uh, I, I want to love Wargroove man Oh, <laughs> I okay. want to love Wargroove so bad I played quite a bit of Wargroove um and it's gorgeous, the art style, um, the anime art style is gorgeous, and the, the vibe of the game is really great, um, and it is uh, kind of another one of these, um, I'm not going to say hardcore, but um, kind of your more standardized classic strategy game, if you will, I guess. And um, my biggest problem with Wargroove when it comes to the combat, because that's obviously uh, what's most important to me, and, and there's not a whole lot else to the game besides that, um, is the fact that your, or as far as I understand it, I could be totally wrong, but your attack power is related to the amount of health that you have. So if I have full 100 points of health, right? then I have my full attacking power. But if I have half of my health, then I have half attacking power. I'm half as powerful attacking. If I have 10% of my health left, then I'm 10% of my full attack power. Obviously, I'm you know, kind of spelling this out here, but just to make sure it makes sense, like it really fucks me up because what ends up happening is so much of your army becomes like cannon fodder almost and just becomes these uh, like pawns even though they're much more should be much more powerful than that because you know as you're like navigating and trying to do different attacks attack different people with different characters um, you know certain things happen where uh, your guys just get knocked back on their asses sometimes and especially if they're uh, some of the smaller, more pawn-like characters, and um, it just becomes so difficult to kind of like keep your army going, in my opinion, because you know as you're trying to like move throughout, you're getting less and less powerful. So it's like a law of diminishing returns, sort of things, sort of thing, and um, it's almost like every time you can imagine like 
a stick that you're attacking with every time it like takes a chunk off of the stick and eventually you're just left with nothing to fight with and so you're trying to go out and attack and be uh, a little bit more aggressive but it's not going to do anything and so a lot of these uh <clears throat> a lot of your warriors on the battlefield just are rendered useless in my opinion and so uh, what I end up having to do to finish battles or to win battles, I should say, is um, you almost have to like just recruit extra characters. Um, you just have to put extra men on the battlefield just so that they can step up and die, uh, so that you'll have characters that. Because you want the guys that you're attacking with to not have any health taken away they need to be like pristine and like not even touched by the enemy so that they can actually do some damage right and so the guys that are actually getting attacked can't really be attacking back because you're just you know it's it's not doing any damage i mean sometimes you can be doing a couple percent damage whereas the same character was just able to do 50 percent damage two turns ago so um and this is a very integral part of the game this is like kind of the core mechanic as far as combat goes so um that almost like breaks it down uh for me in a certain way to to the point where it's almost uh untenable i had to i had to go ahead and put it down for a minute because certain battles i'm going through um multiple times which gets very difficult and very frustrating with these strategy games when you start to really put time into a battle to try and set yourself up for success and you just you know can't see everything coming and sometimes you make the wrong decision and it bites you in the ass and it's 45 minutes down the drain and then you do that a couple times over and it gets extremely difficult to push on through that and not want to throw your switch or controller through the window so um with that being said like i like i mentioned I uh, had to put down a war group for a minute because that core mechanic is just so goddamn frustrating to me. And uh, personally, I I just have a difficult time reconciling it. I've tried you know different strategies and it's it's been uh, difficult. So want to like it a lot more than I do, uh, but that's where I'm at right now. So I'm saving all my war patience group. for that for uh, Fire Emblem. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, like, yeah. yeah, Jared, it's funny that you say it that exact way because I've talked on the show how I've been picking up a lot of different strategy games uh, especially over the last year or so and especially on the Switch as well and uh, at a certain point I looked at my list, my library and just said you know I've got to kind of like ease up here because I'm enjoying myself a lot um, in several of these games most of these games and I'm enjoying myself a lot usually for uh certain period of time some of them I like more than others uh, but then they just they can be very taxing and very like taxing on the mind and like difficult to work through especially if you're kind of getting kicked into the ground a bunch and so yeah like you said it's almost like you need to save your patience for a certain amount of these because yeah I'm gonna have to pump the brakes otherwise I'm just gonna be pulling out my you definitely hair. And it's not gonna be fun. You're definitely gonna want to wait before you hop into Yoshi's Crafted World. You know, get the get, get the oh, breather God. and relax before you oh, hop God. into that <laughs> difficult game. Um, I agree with you though. Those games tend to tend to take a lot out of you. And if you play them back to back, like I, there was a point where I was playing Into the Breach and like 
Civilization Five at the same time. Yep. I'm like, oh, it's I've too much. Similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too much. Exactly. Jumping back and forth. Yeah, my thing is. It feels like with these strategy games that there's a war of escalation as far as like toughness. It, it feels like a tough man, tough guy type of situation where um, everybody's trying to be like the most hardcore, and so um, it's almost like Souls clones where they're like, oh well, into the breach. They're like stripping you of almost every every tool that you have and just like making it as hard as they possibly can for you and other games are just making it hard in other ways there's no none of these strategy games that I think we're talking about in the last several years that have been released are ever in the least bit easy on you like I just can't imagine one I can't think Fire of Emblem one. has permadeath dude <laughs> they add another yeah they're there, yeah. all every single one of them in this genre loves to kick you in the teeth and I'm just like do we need that could we have one that has checkpoints in the middle of its hour-long battles you know, because you wouldn't expect to play an Uncharted game and not be able to save for an hour. You know, what's the funny thing is, able... uh, Advance Wars, which obviously Wargroove is a spiritual successor right. to, Advance right. Wars was pretty much like Nintendo's baby's first strategy game. It was like their right. Pokemon for RPGs to that for strategy games. But Wargroove, I guess, uh, decided to dial up the notch a little bit. Um, is there any comics or movies or anything you want to mention before we hop into the news? Um, I was talking to you about enjoying Green Book uh, before the show. That was a cool movie. And uh, definitely worth watching. And, you know, just a shout out to Mahershala Ali, who's killing it right now and uh, about to finish up True, Det- True Detective Season 3, uh, last episode coming up, and uh, was also one of the stars in Green Book. And Vigo Mortensen killed it as well. Um, so, but Jordan, that. yes, did he kill it as much as Bradley Cooper did in Star Is Born? He, yeah, I would say they both killed it in actually pretty similar ways because they're both like kind of disappearing into um, like these weird American archetypes, with Bradley Cooper being like a good old boy, and then Vigo Mortensen's like this. Guido, like, uh, Goodfellas Sopranos character, like, uh, what are you gonna do, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, it's actually really funny to see them kind of disappear into those characters. I think they both did really well. Star is Born is great, if I didn't mention that, by the way. You talked about it last week. We, I, we were talking yeah, about how, like, I, I thought I, I thought I talked about it. Um, you, you were so, like, I wasn't sure I was gonna like it, and I actually really loved it, so... Yeah, yeah, I did. And I think um, it's still kind of my uh, top of my list. I wouldn't say Green Book necessarily knocked it off. Um, Pretty much caught up with uh, season two of Star Trek Discovery. A couple episodes more. Um, It's a good show. I don't think it's as great as some people talk it up. I think some people really fucking rave about this shit. And it's Visually, it is crazy. It's you know probably the best looking television show I've ever seen. But um, otherwise, I think it's just a really good show. Um, Viking season five finished up. Um, it's more like season seven if you're counting in ten episode increments because they just randomly started doing twenty episode seasons in the fourth season, I think. So, um, which sounds awful, but it, they they they're just 
two separate seasons is all yeah. it is. Yeah, just mushed it's in one. It's dumb. It's dumb that they call it that. It's not like they're doing like 24, you know, Jack Bauer doing 24 fucking episodes a season or anything. But um, they've announced that they're about to do the last season of that show and then do spinoffs because uh, they've they've created something that I think deserves that and a world that could uh, inhabit another series besides the original. So, um I'm, I'm down with that because I love Vikings and I think, you know, it's stayed a really good show even though they've really done really hard directional changes uh, multiple times. So, um, shout out to that. Um, I feel like there's another movie or two that I watched that I'm missing, uh, but I might just have to bring it up at the end of the show. So. Cool. Let's hop into the quickie news first before we hop into the other two big stories. Uh, first up, Paradox Interactive, who's a publisher, um, most notably for City Skylines. Um, the SimCity competitor that kind of blew up on PC and came over to consoles. Uh, they partnered with Microsoft to bring mods for their games uh, through their Paradox Mods applications. So basically, if you own City Skylines or any other Paradox Interactive games, there will be an application you can download, and you'll be able to use those mods on uh, City Skylines on, uh, Skylines on your Xbox. I just thought that was cool. Um, having mod support on consoles is a really awesome concept. It brings a lot of longevity to games, obviously. Um, I'm not playing or own any Paradox Interactive games, so it doesn't affect me specifically, but do you guys think we'll see more of this, especially with next-gen, um, more mod support for, for um, uh, PC publishers? Definitely from Bethesda, but... Uh, yeah. And Paradox, because well, they just did it, so we'd assume we'll right, right. continue, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, people talk about consoles almost like merging with this smartphone sensibility, but I think that they're... Uh, doing it a lot more with uh, PC sensibility. Yeah. Uh, because the architecture, they're basically just becoming, uh, as far as development kits, um, they're just, you know, mid tier PCs, I guess you could say. And there's a lot of different things that are kind of converging with PC, especially with Microsoft kind of. Um, putting everything both on my, uh, Xbox and uh, the computer itself. So I would say um, as the future, you know, we move into the future, that's only going to continue. And that's yeah. that's Microsoft's advantage, I think, from PlayStation is merging with PC because of Windows and stuff like that, whereas I think if we're leaning more towards console to mobile, I think PlayStation would have the up there. Um, but it's... I don't know, because we, we can obviously see how Microsoft is merging PC and, and console, right, through Play Anywhere and obviously stuff like this where you can mod on your console. It's, we, it's weird, not, like, we look at it now with a couple of years past that they decided not even to touch VR, and Sony's the one that went full bore on VR, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, they, they tried out HoloLens, which is AR and a couple other things, but maybe they just felt it wasn't there. Um, but it is interesting that they're going more like PC to console, whereas Sony's uh, focusing more on traditional console stuff and VR. Just their paths are very unique. Obviously, Nintendo with uh, handheld. Um, speaking of Nintendo and the Nintendo Switch and handhelds, Team Cherry, uh, who obviously developed Hollow Knight, a game we all enjoyed. I haven't, I haven't finished yet, unfortunately. I need to get to doing that. Dom, you beat it. I know all of us enjoyed it, but I think, Dom, you're the only one of us that beat it, right? Oh, man. Get to it, man. Yeah, it's I know. 
fucking super. I had no idea. Right. Yeah, we all love the game. Didn't remember, I guess. Yeah, we all love the game, obviously. Or just didn't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, they were working on they're working on DLC for the game that they reached through a stretch goal on their Kickstarter, and the way it normally goes, they were working on it, had a lot of neat, interesting ideas for it. It ballooned up to a bigger product than what they expected it to be, and they announced Hollow Knight Silk Song, which will be a sequel to Hollow Knight featuring Hornet, who's one of the cooler characters. I mean, the game's full of really interesting characters. Yeah. Um, so, kind of an Uncharted Lost Legacy. Yeah, because it is a new kingdom, and it's a lot of new areas and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that's a, a pretty good comparison there. Um, they did a 20-minute video talking about it. They obviously did a trailer. Um, it will launch first on PC and Switch, which is great, because I think a yeah, lot of a lot of Hollow Knights air in terms of competing for yearly awards. It lost a lot of that because it came out on PC. People kind of overlooked it. We talked about it a bit. I played it on PC a bit. And then we had to wait oh, till yeah. the following That's year. When the hype started building, yeah. exactly. And then it came out on Switch the following year, and it still got some love. But I think if it had launched simultaneously, it would have gotten a lot more. Um, really cool. There's there were months, Jared. I can remember uh, earlier in that year before it came out that summer of me being like, Jared, when are we getting all <laughs> exactly? Switch? When is it happening? When is it happening? The hype just like was so fucking high. And I will say that they got it out. You know relatively quick as far as the the hype train goes but um i'm glad to see that that it at least did well enough that they're you know keeping well, on that train the crazy thing is they're a development studio of three guys in australia an artist mm-hmm. a composer and a programmer and they made a joke in their 20 minute video talking about this and how it came to be and one of the developers was saying that uh, they decided to do DLC be- uh, they decided to make a sequel instead of DLC because they don't even know how to do that for a game because they're kind of still relatively new in terms of experience so he was making a joke of like even if we wanted to add DLC I don't know if I'd be able to do that which is a joke because they oh, have so he's like joking about actually implementing it into the game like how would we even get that into our code is that what he's saying exactly exactly yeah um, That's hilarious. He's like, we just had to make it a whole new thing. I don't know what to do, man. <laughs> yeah. The cool thing is they seem very surprised by the success of Hollow Knight, um, which is really cool. And it just shows that you know a team of three people can come out with a game as astounding as Hollow Knight is. Like For three people, the game's long, and it's full of content, too. Yeah. Um, Dude, yeah. It's super long. It's super great game. But, yeah, like the amount of content in the base game is just... And it's, they even added astounding. post post release. They added a bunch of content too for free. And its base price is fifteen dollars, which is like stupidly cheap considering. Yeah. Well, gosh, yeah. Dom, you're like, oh, you got to play this, and it's one of those games, dude. I want to stick with Hollow Knight so bad, but it kicks me in the teeth so damn hard that <laughs> I have to put it down after a while. And I have like my Switch is just full of these hard as nails games that at a certain point. I don't want Kingdom Hearts, where it's just like, here's your fucking lollipop, and I don't want to just open the door and immediately get smacked in the face, but I just like a game where I can play and have some challenge, but then I also get to overcome those challenges Can't without have having to spend it too, two or three hours. I mean, my god, Dom, it's like, can we find a happy fucking medium? The no thing middle I'll, ground here. The thing that I'll applaud them for, too, which is one of the hardest things to do with new IP... They have an iconic main character. Like, his design yeah. is uniquely him. 
Um, I really yeah. hope they eventually announce like a like a Hollow Knight amiibo because I'm buying it to go along with my Solaire, Ooh. sit right next to it. What? Even question, yeah, he's not. Does he have a name? Because he is not the Hollow Knight. No, I won't say much more. Yeah, for fear of spoilers, because you. Uh, uh, prophecy has been spoken um, of. I think relatively here. I'll, I'll Google it real quick, Tom. But I think that like when people like re- Google or reference Hollow Knight, he shows up. You know. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah but I don't know if he go like he's not like Mario Knight or something. Like he, I don't know if so people while know you're his doing actual that, name. I want to say about this game. Looking at the bits of gameplay I've seen, uh, it's like crazy because you know dom i know you played like salt and sanctuary games like that souls another clones, great like one 2d souls 2d souls clones jeez and uh for me i was so glad when hollow knight finally came to the switch because i was like oh here's my bloodborne 2d clone right but this silk song looks even more bloodborne than the original hollow knight i'm like mm-hmm. whoa because it looks even speedier even dashier if you will she's uh, cool too she's yeah, like the she's traditional cool. like mysterious female character you know what i mean that's just as dangerous <laughs> if not more than the main protagonist um yeah i found out his name dom the knight <laughs> yeah see, okay. uh, knight. Yeah. yeah um but he's not the hollow knight uh they spoke about in the prophecy of the world tree you have the solar amiibo right dom if they made a hollow knight amiibo would you get it Uh oh got it on call Day one, Jared. Same. I would get the Hollow Knight boy. Exactly. Good night. Um, Just such a cool character design. The world is really cool. Like, uh, it's such a great game. I can't wait for the sequel. They didn't label it for 2019, considering they're such a small team. I don't know if it'll hit 2019. Um, But the trailer showed a lot of gameplay. So I think they're they're not rushing it. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those December indie games. But probably 2020, to be safe. And as far as release window goes, remember that, you know, we kind of joked about it, but it started out being DLC for Hollow Knight, so it's not, yeah. it didn't start from the ground up. It'll be out soon enough, you know, you don't have to wait. One of the crazy things there, too, is if it launches initially on PC and and Switch, Switch, if it, say it comes out 2020, right? Say it doesn't hit this year, say it hits 2020, then when they port it, do they port it to the next-gen consoles that we, if they come out in 2020, you know, fall 2020, the PlayStation 5, and then next yeah. box, um... Do they just port it to that instead? No, right? The smarter idea would probably be to port it to the console version install base and then port it to that. You know what would be cool? Next generation, if we just get a collection of Hollow Knight and Silk Song. That'd be super dope. Yeah, In preparation for, sure. for whatever their next game would be. Super excited, though. Team Cherry's awesome. Um, next up, uh, we mentioned earlier about... Cro- uh, what is it? Uh, what's the thing you use it for Kingdom Hearts 3, Dom? Uh... Vita, the Vita, no, the Vita. What is the thing you use for Kingdom Hearts 3? Remote play. play. Though he's enjoying his time with the remote play, it seems like PlayStation Vita's last two models have now been labeled as ending soon on Sony's site. And for reference, when this happened with the PlayStation 3, um, it ended production two months later. Um, Completely ended. So in the next couple of months, we're probably going to see that Vita production has completely ended. So... I'd like to introduce a... Are you, sorry, were you finishing up there, Jordan? Uh, there's nothing else. I it's, Yeah, it's dying. It's dead. Okay. Goodbye. Good yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, thought, I figured that was where you were going. I'd like to introduce a uh, phrase into our lexicon, and I'm coining this term, so when the internet starts you know, blowing up on this, you guys remember. 
your forever model. And what I mean by that is the model of the console or handheld that you want, uh, you know, the one that's like going into legacy mode like the Vita. Dom, you just got your forever model, right? Because you swapped mm. out your PS Vita Slim to get the color that you wanted. Mm, yes, I did. Great move. See what I'm saying? So, like, so for PS3, I eventually upgraded from a PS3 Sim, Slim to a Super Slim. But then once I saw the tea leaves and saw that, you know, PS3 wasn't going to be around forever, I was like, no, I want to go back to the Slim because that's my forever model. That's the actual best model that I want to have the upgraded hard drive in and, like, hope that it actually lasts me forever, even though we know that they won't, right? So hopefully everyone got their forever model Vita like I did with the, the Japanese white edition. I mean, the cool thing with Xbox, uh, with the next Xbox, is that I don't have to worry about keeping this Xbox, the VCR, because, like, more than likely everything will yes. be backwards compatible. Um, exactly. Which is cool. Yes. But for, for a system like the Vita, yeah, you want to get the, the one you want before the, you know, what does the, the Rover say? It's getting dark. Uh, I'm running out of battery or whatever. They're really oh, sad. God. Yeah. Uh, it's getting My dark. My battery is low and it's getting dark. Is yeah. Jesus. Heartbreaking. Yeah, the Vita's... Yeah, poetic. The Vita's dying. We've talked about uh, its failure in the past, but obviously it still has a lot of lifeblood in it for hardcore fans. People like Jordan and Dom who, you know, Dom's using it for uh, remote play and it's working really well, so... Um, yeah, the Vita has a lot of cool uses still to this day. So you know. let me throw in there. This is a good thing uh, from one perspective, which is they put out an update, I think a few months ago, or it might have been late last year, um, 3.7, you know, like software version or whatever. Um, and they had been doing that to counteract uh, people have been finally exploiting right. the Vita in the past right. like two right. years or so. Um, Cracking that bitch. So I think this is a good sign that they might give up on that and just leave the current firmware version as it is, yeah. which means yeah. exports are going to get more and more common and easy to do, which I'm freaking psyched about. Because when you hack that thing, it's like a whole world opens up. You can yeah. you can install an app that will stream from Steam and like PC emulators and like there's just endless things you can do with it once you yeah. pop them open. Um. So that's it for Vita. Obviously, we'll probably report on it again when it finally closes its eyes and goes to bed. Um, sweet Prince. Sweet so Prince. Uh, the last bit of quickie news before we hop into the other two news stories. Google's holding a, a keynote, a Google keynote during GDC 2019 on March 19th. Uh, invites went out this week. It's expected to be unveiling uh, the unveiling of Google's next step for their streaming service. After their project stream invite-only testing featuring AC Odyssey at the end of 2018 seemed to prove successful. Both Dom and I tried it out. It worked flawlessly, I think, for both of us, I should say. Near um, flawless. I wouldn't say flawless, but pretty damn me, good. Better than I expected. For me, it did, but I I did it on a desktop browser. You played a majority on a laptop, right? Yeah, so I was yeah, wireless. Exactly. So it's still good that it was nearly flawless wirelessly. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, we both have good internet infrastructure in our area, too, which helps. Um, but, yeah, there's not much else to see. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about when this event happens. For now, it's a lot of speculation. Um, but it could be very important, um, depending on what they say and what their plan moving forward is in terms of we talked about. And we'll get into this when it's closer to the date of the keynote. But do they launch a Google, uh, a Google Chromecast type thing with um, the application yeah, built into it? Is it like a standalone box without no disk drive? What's it going to be? Um, I mean, whether it's a Chromecast or a small box, you know, it's a 
few inches of difference, but that's what it is. It's just a little piece of tech that uh, you know streams the games just like you saw with AC Odyssey this past fall. And I think, I mean, I think it's as simple as that, man. Yeah, yeah. I think there'll be you know features that were like, oh, cool, but you'll look at it at the end of the presentation or whatever, and you'll go, yep, that's exactly what I thought. I think they I, might show they might show a, their own controller possibly. Um, interesting yeah i think i think they'd probably just uh license an xbox controller like uh what was it oculus did yeah, yeah and just uh, connect yeah. via bluetooth or something or both yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i wouldn't be surprised if this game if this game this thing comes with uh some games free on it because they want people to test the service when they get it you know what i mean um all of them won't be i think triple a really? games but i do think it'll come with uh, a nice bevy of titles yeah, to me, what the biggest questions... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask what controller you guys use. Was it Xbox One? Just Bluetooth to my PC? desktop? Yeah. 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 Super easy. <laughs> yeah. I think the only... The biggest questions around this um, are going to be, what is the what is the catalog and the pricing model look like? That's, to me, I'm not sure. You know, And then what other partners are going to be involved, right? Are they gonna, Do they have buy-in? I assume from all the major publishers, you know, that's going to be the first question. And then, like... Is this a Game Pass type thing where you are paying a subscription to access to a whole library, or are you buying a game for sixty dollars to get access to stream just that game? Those are the questions well, uh, that I'm most curious about. Are they going to work with a Microsoft Store? Are they going to work with Steam? That too. Like yep. Google has a lot of resources at their fingertips. Are they going to work with Amazon? Who knows? Right. It's going to be very important. Uh, obviously, we'll talk more about it as the day gets closer. But keep an eye out for that March nineteenth uh, during GDC. The next story actually was breaking news. Do 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 do. A couple of hours. A couple of hours before we started recording, Bowser now controls Nintendo. Hold on, let me get into this. So Reggie Fizeme is retiring as president of Nintendo of America. Just came out and said it today. After 15 years, he's been the president for 13, but he's been at Nintendo for 15. Previously at Pizza Hut, I think. He's stepping, really? yep. yeah, stepping down effective April fifteenth, twenty nineteen, which is very interesting because remember Sony's president is stepping down April first, so we're gonna have changing the guard for both Sony and Nintendo around the same time period. Um, that's uh, John Ryan, right? Is taking over Jim Ryan? Jim, Jim Ryan, Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the person that's replacing him, you might ask, who is that? And why did he make that weird statement that Bowser now controls Nintendo? Well, in a weird string of fate or luck or destiny, Doug Bowser is going to be Nintendo of America's president. Doug Bowser. Oh, geez. I thought you were talking about some dumb bullshit they did where they put up a video on their YouTube channels like, no. Reggie's leaving. Now Nintendo of America is under control of Bowser. Ah! And they're like going to announce the guy's real name, but it's like, they just have like, they just animated Bowser like walking into the office. It's like some stupid gag they're doing for a few um, days. But yeah, his, name, his real name is Doug Bowser, funny enough. Um, he is currently the senior vice president of sales and marketing. Uh, he joined in 2015 when they were getting off the ground with Nintendo Switch in terms of getting ready to release it. And okay, now it sounds like he's infiltrated the company and started climbing the ladder so that he <laughs> could, as Bowser, like run the company. Um, apparently, a lot of people at Nintendo um, say that he's an integral part of the Nintendo Switch's success in the West. Um 
that he was like a huge well, part of that. he's a deep sleeper agent, so I think he should be able to do his job pretty well. <laughs> so he'll be taking over April 15th, which is really cool. Seems like a nice guy. He's been in some presentations before. Um, he's like a shorter white guy that's a bald with glasses. Um, if you like were to see Cody him, you'd be like, Shadow. I've seen that guy before, but he doesn't like you know pop out at you. Um, well, he has big shoes to fill, quite literally. Yeah. Uh, Reggie did a video which was really good they posted on the Nintendo Twitter account and he just talked about his time with Nintendo and one of his closing statements was you know I'm losing one uh, one position or one label for myself the president of Nintendo of America but I always have another one and that's being a Nintendo fan and he just talked about how um, much of a dream the job was and stuff like that and it is interesting to see the changing of the guard uh, this would be like if Phil Spencer left or uh, Sean Layden. Um, we talked about obviously it's it's literally the same thing in terms of presidents, uh, Sony to Nintendo that's happening this year. But you know Jim Ryan Jim Ryan isn't Sean Layden. Reggie Fizeme was the American picture of Nintendo in terms of corporate, right? Um, he was the the American guy, even though he has a French name. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, it makes sense now that he hasn't he hasn't been in the last he wasn't in the last direct that happened uh, last week, um, probably because they knew that he was obviously leaving. Uh, it was what's his name? I can't remember the guy's name. He was at the initial switch reveal too, the guy who invented the switch snap. Um, it's escaping me. Um, anyways, yeah, Reggie's retiring. Sad. Uh, we're not all like you're not talking about Iwata, right? No, no, not Satori Wada. Um, the guy that was at the Satori Wada passed away before the review yeah. on the Switch. The that would Switch, be a bigger yeah, story. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah. well, as soon as I Fuck. thought of that, yeah. Um, <laughs> Koizumi? Maybe. Uh, anyways, yeah, Reggie's retiring. Going to be interesting what happens there. Um, in terms of directs, I wonder if they're going to keep the, the Japanese developers uh, showcasing those. I don't know if Bowser's going to take front center like. Uh, Reggie fils has. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, obviously, Nintendo of Japan has shown a lot of support for him. They said they're confident in him replacing Reggie. We'll see. Lastly, let's get into these January MPDs. Nothing Ooh. crazy. We're starting the year, so there's not going to be any crazy news. Um, but there is some stuff we're going to go over. Um, so the top five games for January 2019. You guys want to guess these, or you guys want me to just reveal them? I already read them. Okay. Jordan. Okay. Uh, Just reveal. Okay. Number five, Super Smash Brothers the Ultimate. Magic's gone. Uh, obviously, remember, Nintendo titles don't count digital, but Super Smash came in at number five, so still doing good a year after a year, a month after release. Technically a year by date. Um, number four, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Um, not surprising there either. Call of Duty sells well, obviously. Uh Speaking of, this wasn't in the news story, but they recently introduced some very nasty microtransactions into the game that people are pissed off about. Like some really gross, like, loot box things. Um, bad timing, too, with Apex coming out. <laughs> the... Yeah. Oof. Not great. Um, number three, super, new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Um, this is obviously the port from the Wii U game. Really? Good to, yeah. Good to see that it sold as well as it did. It's a big um, deal, man. It's the only 2D Mario game on Switch, Dom. Well, yeah, modern. Yeah, modern. Okay. Yeah. As <laughs> soon as I said that, I, I was, was like, I was seeing random uh, news reports online that it's like number one in Japan 
uh, Switch sales. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number two, Resident Evil Two. So very well. Can't wait to get to playing it. Mm. Um, really awesome. Uh, number one, Kingdom Hearts Three. Obviously, not a surprise there. People have been waiting fifteen plus years for that game. No matter three if days though. Uh, mm. yeah. Um, I still don't think that's surprising, Dom. For Kingdom Hearts Three, I mean, it's a feat. I'm not saying like they shouldn't be happy or surprised, but I'm not surprised. I was like, this when this considering, game considering, gonna... yeah, looking at the competition, like. Okay, I beat Resident Evil, um, but otherwise, I guess even at only at three days, you're right. That's not that surprising. So yeah, yeah. It's also no one really likes to admit or not admit, but talk about the fact like this game has Mickey Mouse in it. You know, this game has some of the most Frozen. iconic characters of all time. Period. You it. you you do a Toy so, Story commercial, it's gonna sell. Toy- dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like there's a lot of stu- a lot of appeal to Kingdom Hearts that I don't think people can appreciate that are like so deep in the games industry and it's all they ever hear about is how convoluted and and crazy it is, you know. Well, I mean, having Toy Story and Kingdom Hearts of the Year Toy Story 4 is coming out pretty solid. Um, yep. Next up, we have some other Frozen interesting Frozen 2. Exactly. Uh, we have some interesting tidbits here over the last 12 months. This is January to January. Dom, Red Dead Redemption 2 is still ahead of Black Ops 4. Blop Blops 4. Blop Blops. Um, yeah. But do remember, it's not counting Call of Duty PC sales. So And it's dollar sales, right? Exactly, yeah. In the U.S. only. Right. Yes. Oh, um, but, I mean... <laughs> I'll concede. Ready. But, I mean, it's actually more impressive that it's U.S. only, because Red Dead's... Uh, I think Red Dead would sell better... Europe hates Red Dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say... I don't. I think Black Ops doesn't. I think Black Ops sells best in the United States, right? Yeah, I wouldn't know. I guess we'd have to look at the some old numbers to figure out who that advantage would be. Japan's weird. Like, well, does Japan like Western cowboy games? Or I know they don't like Call of Duty for know. sure, but it's like, do they like Red Dead or do they just not like either or both? Um, you Japanese like blop blops. This is interesting. So we, remember, what? I mentioned overall Kingdom Hearts three came blop, first. Blop, Overall, Kingdom Hearts 3 came in first and Resident Evil 2 came in second. That stayed true on the PlayStation 4, but on Xbox, Resident Evil 2 was actually the number one selling game for January, and Kingdom Hearts 3 was number two, which makes sense. I mean, you think about yeah. the majority of Xbox owners, they didn't get that collection, <laughs> so why would they be interested in 3, you know? I mean, it still sold very well, but not to PlayStation's numbers. Resident Evil 2 I mean, they've it. never had any Kingdom Hearts game, right? Yeah, never. Um, yeah. And recently, remember, on this console generation, uh, Capcom's done a very good job of pushing all of the old Resident Evil games through backwards compatibility. Resident ah. Evil Remastered, uh, the Revelations games, a bunch of them. I think most of the Resident Evil games are backwards compatible from 360. Um, and lastly... Let me just say something real quick. It's a fucking travesty that Cloud from Final Fantasy VII which doesn't come out on a Nintendo platform for another month, is in uh, Smash Bros. And Sora, which is from a franchise that has had multiple entries on Nintendo platforms for years now, is nowhere to be found in Smash Bros. Not only that, there's not even, like, whispers of a Kingdom Hearts character in Smash. That's garbage. Roxas, at least. I mean, Roxas is in multiple games on Nintendo platforms. Like, Get the fuck out of here, man. It'll it'll happen when it's port on Kingdom Hearts 3 is ported to Nintendo in a year and a half. You'll you'll get it. Uh, I don't know, man. There's just like there's multiple 3DS games like 
Cloud is only in Nintendo games because of Kingdom Hearts. He's not even in a Final Fantasy game that's on Nintendo. And you can make a it's point bullshit. that you Yet. can make a point that he was in Kingdom Hearts, so technically there is a Kingdom Hearts character in in uh Yeah, in yeah, exactly, but his stage is all about Final Fantasy 7. That game's yeah. never been on Nintendo. It's so weird. Um lastly, speaking of the Nintendo Switch, um, not only was it the top-selling hardware for January, January, so it's two straight months that it was the top-selling hardware, uh, and this was both in dollars and unit sales, it had the best January performance for any hardware this generation. So remember for December we talked about how the Switch had the best December for any hardware this generation. It followed that up with having the best January of any hardware this generation. So back-to-back months of doing tremendous sales, um, not surprising, right, Dom? Both of the other consoles are at the end of their generation. They've already been saturated in the market. Yeah, getting to that point. Yep. Yeah, not a shocker by any means. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it for the January MPDs. Obviously, it's the beginning of the year, so nothing crazy. These next couple months, especially February, with all of these games are releasing, uh, I want to see where everything shakes out. A lot it of games. February predictions. Anthem. Anthem even if it yeah. even <laughs> even if it doesn't review well, it'll still take yeah. the month. Um, Easy. A lot of games not getting great reviews. Crackdown three, not surprising really. We wanted it to be better than what it was. Review didn't surprise me. Uh, Jump rough. Force, terrible reviews. God, that game is. Wow. Whew. I watched the Easy Ally stream Which that sucks, game because that's Oof. like a Kingdom Hearts level crossover. You know, with Goku, Naruto, One Piece, One Piece with uh, Luffy and. There's all kinds of My Hero Academia, like Hunter Hunter. That's a yeah. big, yeah. That's a really cool crossover. Yeah, um, gonna be interesting. Metro Exodus reviewed well, so I'm excited for that. Um, I want to see where it lands in terms of sales. Um, hopefully, it's it's a series best because those guys make very solid games. 4A games is great. Uh, in terms of where we're gonna be playing, um, Kingdom Hearts obviously Apex. Uh, this week is when I'm deciding. Uh, what game I'm buying between Metro and Anthem. Oh my gosh, I keep forgetting that you're, like, not day one Anthem. This is crazy. Yeah, so early impressions, obviously. I don't take the load time complaints into account because there's a day one patch and that stuff doesn't really bother yeah, me. Won't I expect that to be. That. Yeah, it's the will it have Destiny 1 and 2 problems that people are worrying about? Like, will there not be enough content to satiate a $60 purchase? Or maybe not even that, just, like, longevity. Um, so I'm still, I'm not... I'm not out on Anthem. I'm just waiting to see what the actual word is from people I respect and trust in terms of their opinion on it. Um, yeah. And then also just... think about to to aid your decision maybe a bit. I envision Anthem going on sale probably this summer a lot kind of a thing, you know, down to like maybe a forty dollar. Yeah. My type one of thing deal. though, Dom, is that sure. if my if a lot of my friends get it at launch and it's a good game, I ah, would like true. to experience it with them from the get go. Yeah, but if it's an okay game, I'm down waiting. The sale thing, I, I think it's a very valid point. It's just Anthem also to a point is one of those type of games where if you have friends that are playing it, you want to be in day one to experience it, right? You don't want to be the guy coming in yeah. and then them running through a raid and they're just like holding your hand. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll make my decision. You'll know by this time next week if I have purchased Metro Exodus or Anthem. Um, and then Trials comes out too. Uh, Trials Rising. There we go. That's Jared's game. That is my franchise. Uh, I cannot wait. There's a free demo that you can download on Xbox that you can play, I think, starting tomorrow. 
Um, How much is it going to cost? Uh, 25 bucks, I think. Ooh, that's right there in that price range, boy. Yeah. Looking at that Switch. They're that, very... That's something to... I know it'll probably get frustrating towards the end game, but that is some little fun I can play on the Switch where I'm not just beating my head against a brick fucking wall anymore. I'll be getting an Xbox for achievements. I think later on I'll eventually get it on Switch too, just because I love the game so much. Great value sure. for twenty five bucks. Their season they do the season pass thing right uh, in terms of the price is really low. I think it's only like fifteen bucks, and the last trials had six DLC things, and each one had like substantial amount of levels and new challenges. Um, there's the 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 track creator, so there's built in longevity there. Uh, die hard community. I love the trials games. Can't wait. Uh, gonna be finishing sex, sex education, going through Punisher. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. What about you guys? Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. But guys, we're just one month away from. Sekiro, don't forget. Sekiro, shadows die twice. I cannot wait. Ugh, ah, so close. I'm inching closer and closer, dude. It's like I'm not day one yet, but I know by the time we get to day one, I'm gonna be day one. Well, remember, remember a couple of days after that is the time to work it out. A couple of days after is Yoshi's Crafted World, Jordan, so I don't know. You're going to have to make a tough decision. Why do you keep bringing that up? Like, I'm interested in this fucking know. game. It's just a bit. It's just a bit. It's a funny bit. Um, well, it's a pleasure to have you here doing the bit, Jared. So. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Jordan, what are you going to be playing besides uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, Angrily? Well, I wanted to finish it by now because I wanted to be jumping in to Anthem this evening. Ooh, I'm yes, about that's to right. dive in. Uh-oh. <laughs> I am uh, excited because uh, I am about to play uh, this evening a Bioware RPG written by Drew Carpishan, which is something that we haven't had since the original Mass Effect trilogy. And uh, so I'm hoping to get some of those vibes, man. OG Mass Effect trilogy vibes is what I'm hoping for. Uh, was not... Super in love with the Neil Blomkamp uh, Oath Studio short that they did. It was it was weird, man, because it's like a trailer for a game. So it's like a trailer for a movie, right? But that movie doesn't exist. Yeah, it's, it's like, like they're, they're doing. They made a short like that's a trailer for a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they made it. It's almost like I thought halfway through the short. I'm like, is this the trailer for the short? But the, it was the short itself that I was watching. And so, yeah, it's like cut like a trailer because it's supposed to be a trailer for the game. But the things that they're cutting, the clips that they're cutting, are not going to be in there because they're going to be fully animated CG cutscenes. Whereas yeah. this is live action. So it was like weird watching a trailer for a movie that doesn't exist. Um, but it did look cool. The CG was cool. Um, so I guess it's cool eye candy. You know, you can expect that from both studios and Neil Blomkamp. But other than that, didn't really impress. And it wasn't like, you know, it's like a hundred years before the story of Anthem. It definitely wouldn't get me hype on the story. I think so. that's to pull in the casual people who aren't necessarily hardcore gamers. They see there, but they're into like sci-fi, you know. And I think yeah. it pr- will probably do a good job on that. Um, I liked it. I'm, I, I agree with all of your points. I think it w- was a little disjointed and weird um, because right. of what it was. But, yeah. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, you know, like I said, I'm excited for the Bioware RPG aspect of this game. That, and I don't think a lot of people are giving it uh, credit for that because it's just all talk about 
comparing it to Destiny at this point, which is unfortunate, but... Um, yeah, I think it's going to be cool. That's why I decided to go ahead and jump in. I'm going to see how it goes. I think I'll get my $60 worth out of the story. I don't think I'll be... Um, you know, if I don't end up doing a lot of multiplayer, which I'm sure that that's probably going to be the case, then I don't think I'll be I'll feel uh, personally cheated. So what I will say, um, controlling the characters, because obviously I got into the demo. Uh, yeah, controlling the characters alone is worth twenty five bucks. <laughs> like Ooh. it just feels so good. Um, that's that's what's up. You know me. Like if if you got that silky gameplay, then that goes a long, long, long way for me. Um, yeah. And third person, which you enjoy more than first person, too. So, Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, this is like, you know, I talk about, I've mentioned a couple times about how it does feel a little too Destiny, even though I know they probably were developed, developing them kind of alongside each other in a lot of ways. Uh, but this is kind of a third person Destiny in a lot of ways, so I'm <clears throat> definitely down with that aspect. So there's there's stuff to be excited for with Anthem. I think, you know... There's a lot of negative talks around in this game, and I, I just don't think that it's going to be a bad game or anything less than good. Certainly, I think it'll be less or better than Andromeda. So, um, I don't even know. I just upset myself by mentioning that <laughs> game. So, yeah. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, let's see. So, oh, I also wanted uh, the things that I wanted to mention earlier. Uh, counterpart which was a star series finished up. Uh, it's being shopped around now that it's been canceled by stars, but I'm not necessarily sure that it'll get picked up. It's a sci-fi series starring J.K. Simmons where uh, he f- basically finds out that there's kind of a, this um, organization that can pass between parallel worlds, and so he meets a uh, you know, parallel world version of himself and... Uh, Went for two seasons, really great sci-fi stuff, and I really enjoyed it, and I was glad of the fact that uh, when it ended uh, with season two this past week, it definitely was, I was okay that it was canceled uh, at this point, because it's really kind of self-contained, like you could continue the story, but you don't necessarily need to, and so I'm happy that such a good show that got clipped because of uh, kind of like we were talking about possibly logistical issues behind the scenes uh, with the production companies it seems like this might be the best uh, possible outcome that you could hope for as far as the, from the creative standpoint so I was happy to see that it wrapped up nicely and I was you know if it hadn't gotten cancelled I would have really enjoyed it as just a season finale so cool stuff there um, let me think about possibly anything else. Oh, a little shout out to uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. I talked about uh, grabbing that while it was on sale. And um, yeah, man, it's just a little delightful uh, doodad of a game. You know, you're going around and uh, doing kind of like perspective puzzles, trying to find things in the levels and stuff. Um,. Trying to get to different places by moving things around and um, not super intense, pretty laid back and just enjoyable. Uh, my buddy was over here and we uh, hooked him up for co op for a sec, and that was interesting. Uh, having a second toad worked pretty well, even though I think you know the game's built as it was for single player, and that makes a little more sense logistically, but uh, yeah, that's cool stuff. So um, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, the other thing. 
started Umbrella Academy season one. Uh, On my queue. Watched the first episode. Yeah. So I've, I think I mentioned I'm a big fan of the comic book. Um, and it's a very like stylized, in its own world, out there, you know, far out type of, of book. It has its, uh, its own unique vibe. So I was wondering how that would translate to the screen. It's, it's gone pretty well, it seems, so far. Um, they've certainly changed some of the characters completely almost while uh, you know really keeping some of the other characters the same in interesting ways so um, so far I'm, I'm not you know upset with it or anything so far I'm down and it's looking cool and I'll definitely be continuing so yeah I've heard good things and obviously love the book I will say I'm in a little bit of a weird spot here because um, there's three comic book shows that are similar enough vibes that are all out right now. You've got Umbrella Academy, you've got Deadly Class, and then you've got Doom Patrol, which I guess I'll go ahead and give that shout out. Also just had his first episode, pretty cool stuff. Um, but they're kind of, they are similar. There's kind of like a, uh, you know, group of teenagers at, uh, you know, this like secretive or mysterious mansion school place. Um, and so it's one of those things where like um, the prestige and the illusionist came out at the same time it's like two movies about magicians coming out at the same time um, so it's kind of just one of those weird things where I'm enjoying all three of these series so far but they all came out within a couple months of each other and they are all quite similar when you really dig down deep into the, the different uh, similarities so interesting note there but yeah, enjoying all of them, nonetheless. Well, and Umbrella Academy is the only one that's bingeable, right? The other two are weekly. Yes, they are indeed, Jared, correct. Yeah. Um, Sci-Fi is doing Deadly Class, and Doom Patrol is weekly on DCU streaming. Yeah. That was it for episode 134 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. Thank you guys for listening. If you can, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review if you follow us there as well. Um, Twitter, CTRLINT, uh, that's Controlled Interest Abbreviated. Uh, follow us there. I post whenever we upload a new the new podcast or anything else. Uh, I am at Jared underscore, Dom is at uh, Dom's Oreos, and Jordan is at Mellow Modus. Uh, YouTube channel, if you go over there and subscribe, leave a like, hit that notification bell. It helps. Even if you don't watch our YouTube videos, it helps with the algorithm and all that. Crush that notification bell. Crush it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah thank you guys for listening we'll catch you next week um, with hopefully some other crazy news and uh, anthem impressions from at the very least Jordan and at the very most Jordan and I so yeah later guys catch you guys next time bye